Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Well, hello, my dear law enforcement and scientific community. This is Suzanne Knabenikol from Police Science Doctor with your weekly dose of police science snippets. These police science snippets are bits of research that I found after trolling through lots of mostly recently published academic articles to try and find three that I think may be of immediate use to the practitioner. Now, the problem with much academic research is that it's very theoretical or highly specific to um, a particular problem or particular demographic. And often for the poor law enforcement practitioner trying to do the policing and law enforcement around the world, there's not that much for them really to take on board. So I try to um, find the ones that I think may actually be useful. And then I email them out to everyone on the email list on a Tuesday. So if you want to get these emails with the links to the original research article for free into your inbox every Tuesday, go to policesciencedr.com and just leave your details in the registration form. And then I come online and talk about these on Tuesday as well. So the first snippets for today, for this week, is about the effectiveness of anti-knife carrying campaigns. So these are, you know, when you have the posters and the bins and everything available. Campaigns aimed at instilling fear of death and injury to deter youngsters carrying knives do not actually achieve that effect. Although those who view relevant images and posters do think about mortality more readily, so they did some tests, you know, uh, association tests of, you know, which words do you associate with certain things and things that were related to the word death came up more frequently. So that's how they know that the the phrase or the concept of death was more prominent in their minds. However, however, they are no more like no more or less likely to carry knives as a result. Um, and in addition to that, showing graphic images in these poses may actually have negative long-term effects on mental health as well. So it sounds like the intention is good, the intent is good, but it doesn't actually have the desired effect and may have negative effects even. So we need to try and find something else to get our youngsters to stop carrying knives. I don't have the answer to what that is, um, but hopefully we're somebody out there is doing some research and having some good findings. If you do, please let me know. The second snippet for this week is about burglary target selection and age. So that's the age of the offender and what kind of burglary targets they select. They compared adult and juvenile offenders and they found that adult burglars traveled further to their targets than their juvenile counterparts. Adults are also more likely to target neighborhoods with higher levels of concentrated disadvantage and ethnic diversity. Youth, on the other hand, tend to be less discerning and may be more constrained practically when it comes to how far they can travel. So they may have fewer modes of trans transportation, at their, you know, at their readiness, and they also may have less time to go out. So they they tend to burgle where they where they can, you know, probably usually in their in, within their awareness space. But adult burglars are more likely to be able to make those decisions to travel further and to select specific communities they want to burgle. The last night, the last science snippet for today is the is about the effect on recidivism of diversion versus fine in youth. So you've got a youth offender, potentially a first-time offender. Do you give them a fine to pay or do you put them into diversioning programs? So that's the two things that they compared. They found that putting youth who offend into a desistance-oriented program, so that's the diversion, with certain conditions was more effective at reducing reoffending than fining them. So um, the monetary fine is um, less 
less appropriate when it comes to trying to re reduce recidivism. Um, these programs contain rehabilitative and supervisory elements. So they have to agree to certain conditions. They have to meet certain requirements. Um, and they have to adhere to those rather than just um, paying out or owing some money. Uh, so the links to the original research are in the email. If you're on the email list, if not, just get onto the email list. It's free. And um, I hope to see you there. And I hope that you found this useful. Oh, I forgot to I forgot to show you the banner. Let me just show you that for a few seconds. Ah, so this is everything that I talked about this evening. Um, but yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening if you were here. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam, this is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.